Yes. We say thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Because freedom is not free. It costs so many thousands of people their lives. And so as we celebrate Veterans Day tomorrow, we remember those um, who fought to give us the freedom that we enjoy in this place today. There's a lot of hurt, pain, and dirt in the world. So you might not understand how my title of my message this morning fits with what I have to say, but it does, trust me. I call this In Dirty Places, because there are a lot of dirty places. Yes. Most of us have not traveled the other parts of the world to see how the rest of the world actually lives. And while we sit here in our comfort and might complain about the service being too cold or too hot or the weather being not exactly what we'd like, we enjoy freedom today, total freedom to come to church without being hassled or harassed. We enjoy total freedom to leave here and eat whatever we'd like to eat and drink clean drinking water. And there's no better way to experience and have a reevaluation of your own freedom than to go and visit some place that is not free. And there are many in the world today, many places. It's staggering to go there and see people that have absolutely nothing, no jobs available to make money even if they wanted to. A great portion of the world lives in bondage. We were recently, as you know, some may not, that I was recently in Africa with five other guys and got to see poverty at a different level completely. Could not imagine that in what was the capital city, there might not be clean drinking water, but there wasn't. Could not imagine thousands of young men, 25 years of age, standing in the streets doing nothing because there are no jobs. We live in a country where almost everywhere you go right now, you see signs in the windows that say, hiring, help needed. And it isn't low paying jobs anymore. It's decent pay. It's crazy how we're never satisfied. It's never enough, never. We live in dirty places in America, in dirty places. Dirty minds, dirty actions, dirty lust, dirty greed. That's literally consuming our nation and taking over. Dirty politics, dirty churches, dirty people in churches who have one goal, and that's to make it difficult for anybody else who's really trying to live it out. While I was there, as I shared before, on our safari trip, which was about, I don't know, five to seven hours on, on this bumpy road, we stopped at this waterfalls, which is the origination of the Nile River, and had an actual opportunity to see the Nile River as it's formed and the waters come off of the hills and the mountains and actually form this massive waterfalls that is so intense, it's hard to believe, and know that women still, when they know they're having a handicapped child, will throw their baby into the Nile River. It still happens. And we go, oh, that's despicable and that's disgusting, and yet our nation is aborting babies every single minute of the day and thinking nothing of it. It's hard to believe that the Nile River originates there, right where we were, and flows up north through Egypt without, without thinking about what came out of the Nile River when the Pharaoh said that all male firstborn babies, all new males should be killed, thrown to the crocodiles. We saw crocodiles in the Nile River. The river is infested. You would not want to try to swim in there. And then you have to think back to the Exodus. 
the second book in the Bible. The Exodus brought us something good. Because my message this morning is actually about the Hebrew people going to Egypt and what God did for them and how grateful they should have been, but they forgot what they came out of. So it was a big idea for my message this morning. This is it. You must remember from whence you came or you'll be doomed to go back to that. You listening? Well, I'll never be like my parents, you say, but you're headed there. Well, I'll never get involved in, I would never be involved in cocaine. I will never become an alcoholic. But you did. Somehow. It was that, I, I, when we went to the game yesterday, Brian and I, with, with, uh, with his son, my son, and Caleb, we were having so much fun talking in the car and stuff. But then it got serious, and I said this. This is for you guys, you young boys back there. Stay with God. 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 Walk with God. Parents, make your kids attend youth group. Make them. Even if they don't like it, they'll still get something out of it. Oh, I don't want to force my kids to do anything. Go for that and see how that turns out. I told the guys in the back seat, I said, never pick up a cigarette. It's a gateway for the enemy. That cigarette will take you into bondage for the rest of your life because my experience with smokers is they have the hardest time with that addiction of almost any other addiction. They quit, and then they start again. They quit, and they start again. And they think, oh, I'll be fine if I only have a cigarette every week. Yeah, really, for sure. When guys tell me I quit smoking, I think, for how long? I've been, I've been uh, cigarette-free now for, uh, like, two weeks. Contact me down the road in two months, and then we might have a serious talk. It's not so easy. You know what's better? Don't get started in an addictive behavior. It's because you're going to end up in dirty places, in places that you couldn't even imagine. I've had to go to the dope houses. I've just alone smelling the smell in those houses is unbelievable. I went to one and I thought, this is so strong, I cannot possibly, I don't even know if I could go in here. A dog had had pups a week or two before and after birth was still laying on the floor, rotting while they're all in there doing their drugs and, and whatever. They were once a little baby. Oh, I'm so proud of my little baby. It's hard to imagine that your little baby would become something that actually lives in the dirt. Because people forget from whence they came. And I have experienced this through 44 years of being a pastor. You tell people you can take that path if you want to, but it won't be good. You try to warn people that when they say only one cigarette and only one drink and one, only one of this and only this, 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 and you warn them there are consequences for this, they're mad at you. The exodus means departure, going out. God sometimes puts you in a situation where you need an exodus. Are you, are you following me? Because some people just sit on their phone the whole time and play video games, and I think, why did you come to church? Just stay home if you don't want to look up here. There's nothing better to look at than me anyway. And you go, yeah, that's just sick. That's so stupid. You actually mean that. Sure I do. I guarantee you there are people who came in the room this morning. They already had a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. They already had some kind of chip on their shoulder, so they can't even hear. They're not even listening because they can't get by who they think I am. I want you to know this morning, I'm not talking to you unless I'm talking to you. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, you're okay. But a lot of us are living in dirty places. We don't even realize that we need to get out. And so the Exodus records the departure of the Israelites from Egypt where they lived for more than 400 years. Picture this. Our nation is not even 400 years old. We are not even to that point yet. 
they, they went to Egypt to escape what was going on in Canaan. The main character, obviously, is a man by the name of Joseph. And you know the whole story because Joseph was hated as a teenager. He was thrown in a well, pulled out of the well, sold to slaves, taken away, falsely accused by an adulterous woman, thrown in prison, and I will guarantee you, all the people were saying, he's evil. He's evil. He's just an evil man. If you go to jail, you must be evil. No more evil than anybody else in reality. Because the Bible says we've all sinned. Constantly falling short. So what does the church do? They excommunicate people who are evil. So he's departing, not of his own free will, but by God's design to open a door for his own family that they are not yet aware of because of their hatred. Listen to me, there's a lot to take here. If there's somebody in the room that you aren't talking to, you need to fix that situation. If there's somebody in the room that you have bitterness toward, secretly holding this bitterness in your heart, you need to just go to that person and tell them, I want to get over this because it's dirty and dark there. Bitterness raised up will defile many people. You might be bitter toward your own spouse. You might be bitter about something that's happened in your marriage or with your parents. But Joseph ends up, after all of that talk against him, and after all of these things in his own mind, he had to be thinking, is God punishing me for something? I can just imagine if this guy was a pastor today. He's so egotistical. He's such a narcissist. Yeah, you know that what they say about him with Potiphar's wife is true. It's really true. Or he wouldn't have had her garment. Just because someone says something does not make it true. And even if you think you have evidence, why would you want to destroy another person? What motivation and what do you gain from that instead of doing what Paul says, you that are spiritual, restore such a person in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you are the one that goes to jail. How about that? How about trying that on? Wouldn't you rather have somebody who's merciful as your friend, wouldn't you actually rather have someone who says, I'm going to cut you some slack here. I sin too. You're free. But you really want to drag them into dirty places? Because I'll tell you this right off the bat. Whatever judgment you use to judge them, it's coming home to you. Might not come home for 10 years, 15 years. Whatever judgment you're using is coming back to you. The exact same way. In a greater measure, you will be judged. Get free today. Get out of the dark, dirty place and start enjoying God and realizing that he's got a plan for your life even when you're in the dirty place. Even when you're in the dirty place, you agree. Even when you're in the dark place, even when you're in the dirty place, even when you feel like you can't go another inch, there are men and women in this room who you, th you actually think you have it all together. And your arrogance betrays you. Because there's not a single person in the room that is not guilty of sin on a daily basis, on an hourly basis many times, a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And so we like to be the judge to toss judgment out at everybody else when in our own hearts we have problems. Pharaoh elevates Joseph. He responded to the arrival of Jacob's family, Joseph's family, with open and generous hands. It says this, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Joseph, 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 here it is. It's so awesome. 
It's so awesome. It's so awesome. God is lifting Joseph up and elevating him. After he's been demeaned, lied about, thrown in the well, sold into slavery, accused of sexual immorality, God says, it's over. I wrote several of my own notes. Hand wrote this morning and last night. What you are going through actually has to do with promotion. Mm -hmm. What you are going through right now in life, God would like to use to promote you. He's just testing to see how you're going to respond. Because very rarely are the blessings of God served up on a silver platter. Most often, they're not on the silver platter. They're in the dirty places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. They're in the dark and dirty places that you and I got ourselves into. But in the middle of all that, in the middle of all, buried in the middle of all the dirt that you're going through and is being said about you and people talking and leaving you and casting you aside. In the middle of all that is the blessing of God because a seed is being planted in the dirt. Oh, come, come on, God, this is the truth. A seed is being planted in what you consider to be dirt. And God wants to water that seed, and he wants to grow that seed up into something beautiful, something good. The Gaithers used to sing it. All my confusion, you understood. Yeah. Through brokenness and dirt, when you didn't know where to turn, and if anybody really knew the truth, you actually wanted to kill yourself, like the young man who drove into, into our nursery this week. Most of you have heard this by now, but I woke Monday morning to a phone. Well, actually, I was texting Jared. Where's Jared? Is he skipping today, that sinner? Jared was on his way to work, and he said, I just passed the church, and there's three police cruisers there. I said, well, they, they set this up as a speed trap quite often, but uh, not usually with three of them. Usually it's two with coffee and donuts. <laughs> I'm not joking. So, there's, there's, uh, I, so I, I texted Bob Brown, wake up, Bob. Here we go. Oh, you are awake. Oh, good. Can't tell. I'm offended. Now we're coming back again. No, he's coming. So I said, Bob. You're headed to work. Could you stop by the church and check? And the long story short is when I got here, I called Zach. When he got here and I got here, the kid had driving down the street, high speed, ran his car off the street, intentionally turned left so he could smash into one of our three trees that are out there and kill himself. It didn't work. The tree broke at the very base of the tree and flew into the nursery wall and knocked out the bottom of the wall. And his car just turned sideways and ran into another tree. His airbag went off, and he lived with disappointment. And I, I, will, not, I will always remember this. I, I promise you I will, because I just cry when I think of this, because I tried to do this at 21 years old. I can so relate to his despondency in life. And his dad, an Asian man, his stepfather, was standing out there, and he was just, he was in shock. He was literally just standing there, staring at the wall, staring at the car. And I, it was like, oh, God, I say this right now. God, please be with that family because they are, I will guarantee you, they are living in hell right now in a very dirty, dark place where the enemy loves to take us and kill us. You know this is true, but the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That guy wasn't thinking about his smashed car, which had to be towed away. That guy was thinking about his smashed son 
not wanting to live. I pray in Jesus' name that somehow we'd be able to talk to him and he would come to Christ, the king of glory, who gives us hope, pulls us out of the muck, pulls us out of the mud, sets our feet on solid ground and says, I got a job for you. I got a new name for you written down in glory, and it's mine. The name of Jesus is over this person. Jehovah Nisi is in front of this person, underneath this person, around this person. He's got my prayers. God gave him reason to live. Give him a purpose to live, Jesus. Woo, God help us. And Pharaoh was kind to Joseph. You know how that goes? You'll be in this dark place and you're wondering what in the world is going on. And then all of a sudden, God will send a bright light, a beam of hope. Am I right? In the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of your crying, in the middle of your tears, in the middle of your despondency, in the middle of you feeling like, where's God? He's there. He's here. He's been here for the service today. I already knew it a long time ago in the service. I knew he was here today. Yes, he was. He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to be there today. I'm going to bless somebody who's in a dark place. And so Joseph was elevated, and he had to be saying to himself, God, I am not deserving of this. Instead of being bitter, he got better. It's like when we hold on to bitterness towards someone or some circumstances, it's like us drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to drop to die. It never works. Bitter, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Here's what happens when you let it go. It starts to rise up to the king of glory. The great I am. Yes, it does. Let it go. Let it go. Don't blame God. God was there in the dark places and will continue to do so. He wants to be with. Yes. How about this side over here? Nobody's saying a word over here. Are there any yeses over here? Oh, pastor, you're just such a dictator. You just, no, I'm not. I'm trying to get you awake. So then it says in Scripture in Genesis 50, don't be afraid. I will provide you and your children for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. There was no bitterness in Joseph's heart toward his brothers. It was only the kindness of God. The love of God is here for you. Hey, you want some today? You want some? Say yes. You want some of the love of happy birthday, Stacy? Happy birthday to Eddie Munster and Stacy. Ed. I love these people. I genuinely love them. When I saw, I love our church family. Seriously. When you give out love, you just get more back than you could ever hold anyway. Is that not true? You get so much more back than being bitter and always negative. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Bitter is so much better. They arrived as foreigners. Joseph's family did. The Egyptians didn't stick them in some fenced-off refugee camp to ferret out a meager life as they could. They were given choice real estate, a prime slice of Egyptian heartland where they would live and raise their families. For about 71 years after the radical relocation, life rolled along the lazy Nile River, Scripture tells us. But God was moving. He's moving now. He's moving in our nation. Yes, he is. He's moving in our nation. He's moving in our city. He's moving in this room. God was moving. Things were turning. It says in Genesis 50, Joseph stayed in Egypt along with his father's family. He lived 110 years. Joseph was probably 39 years old when he got to Egypt and finally out of prison. And the Pharaoh took him when his family came and set up shop in Egypt. And he lived 71 years after that. And then he breathed his last breath, the scripture says. The very last verse of the book of Genesis says it succinctly. So Joseph died at the age of 110. And after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Elevated. Elevation. Elevated. Lifted up. Out of the dirty place. Whew, God. Oh. Come on, you know this is true. Many of us in this room have lived in such dirty, dirty places. 
The worst enemy has actually been ourselves because we couldn't forgive ourselves for allowing ourselves to get in such a predicament. And God says, I am here to lift you up. I am here to pull you out of the muck and the mire and set your feet back on the rock, Christ Jesus, who's got a plan for you, and it's a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Whew, come on, God. Come on, Jesus. Every action has a reaction, and every choice has consequences. You need the right people in your life. You need the right church in your life. You need the right uh, friends in your life, don't you? You need the right people in your life because you're going to make choices all the time every day. And we all make choices not realizing that our choices are actually making us, are they not? That's why I said to those boys in the back seat last night, don't pick up a cigarette. Oh, it's not going to hurt me if I just have one puff of a cigarette. No, don't pick up a cigarette. That is only a gateway of addictive behaviors that God wants to use in your life to crumble and crush your life. It is. I don't want to, okay, when my wife said that, I was, boy, she's, she's right. It is the enemy. But I'm not a legalist. I don't care if you smoke. I don't care if you drink. I don't care what you do. The grace of God is there for you every single day. You can quit. Yeah, 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 there's no life like the holy life. You know this is true. There is no life like the holy life. The holy life where God is actually hallowed every day. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, God. There's a day coming soon where we will be out of the dirty places permanently. By this time, the population of Jews in Egypt had exploded. And the offspring of Jacob's sons grew in number until they became a mighty people in Egypt. And you can imagine how frightening this was to the Pharaoh. The Egyptian got a bad attitude toward these foreigners. They were taking over. There is a trend in America right now. We have to be careful about this. This week I was thinking about it. Virginia voted for a liberal Democrat president. And you can ask yourself, how in the world can people do this when all of this corruption, the real corruption is being exposed day by day? How can they vote that way? Because the former president moved all of these people from other countries into areas Because their thinking is the Liberal Party will give us everything we want. Free this, free that, free everything. Be careful of what you think will free you and make you happy. Could lead to bondage for sure. As we know too well from our world's bloody history, mounting suspicion toward a people group is only a step away from prejudice, yet another step away from persecution and but a stone's throw from genocide. I was watching this week. I struggle with the program, The View. I don't watch it, but there are always little clips on there. And they get their ratings from having conservatives come on the show. If you're not a conservative, I still love you. I don't see how you can be a Christian and not think conservatively when it comes to issues like abortion. I really don't. I don't understand it. But I still love people who have made mistakes in those areas. But I thought it was interesting, and just looking back over what's happened the last couple of months, I see a movement in the country, and this is what it is. We are overtaking the liberal America. Evangelicalism has grown since I was a kid massively. I can remember when the only Christian musician was Amy Grant. And now she's an old lady singing for Christmas downtown. I can remember when Michael W. Smith actually sounded good. I think he's amazing. But when he sang at Billy Graham's funeral, he could barely get it out. I don't sing anymore for a reason. Because when you're old, everything breaks. 
We were at that game last night. It was freezing cold out. It was so fun. It was so awesome. Brian Zemba, myself, and, and our boys, and Caleb. And I've never been to, you know, the big stadium and the college football game. It, it, was, it was amazing, even though they lost, and that sucked. But I went, I got up because we wanted to go down to get a $13 hot dog. <clears throat> so I didn't order the hot dog because I saw the one that Zach ate, and I just thought, it's white. How did it get white? So I, I thought, I'm going to upgrade to the brat. It was white with pepper. I'm not making this up. It was nasty. But we had awesome seats, but we were still up a ways, and you had to go down all these steps, and there's no railing there. And I was actually praying, Jesus, take the wheel. Because this ain't easy. I got a, I've got a knee replacement here, and there's stainless steel part in there. And when it gets cold, it doesn't want to cooperate. And Brian got up, and he's only like half of my age. He looked like he needed hip replacement. <laughs> he was like, stop. I got to stretch. <laughs> I'm like, if I do my stretches, I'm okay. And I'm thinking, by the time you're my age, you're going to. You're going to have to be, oh, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> you, she thinks you should get one of those hover things, you know, little hover. Th You've always liked that movie, Mall Cop, so <laughs> get one of those deals. And, anyway, I pulled this little, little video clip because Joy Behar's thinking about what? About our, about us as Christians, is not very good. My point being this: there's something brewing. There's a hate brewing toward Christians. We've come, we've become too big as a group. It's threatening liberal thinking and the enemy. And if you look at these three words, you will understand that it starts with prejudice against a people group. It moves into persecution of that group and eventually genocide. I can remember watching the movie The Pianist. I'm a, I'm a uh, freak about anything that has to do with the Holocaust. And I've been to Auschwitz a couple times. And after you go there, you cannot even imagine how they could do this such an atrocity, but you, your, your thinking changes when you realize that six million people were brought to these places and, and murdered, gassed, and then burned. And, and this is what I think. In the movie The Pianist, this Jewish family is very wealthy and they have a big apartment and they have a baby grand or a grand piano in there and they're eating and they're mad because culture has changed so much, much like in Venezuela, and all they have is potatoes. Potatoes, 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 they say. Now, you think about this, because I'll never forget it my whole life. I've watched the movie several times. Why do we just get potatoes? About the time you start complaining about what you have, you won't have that much longer any either. Eventually, they were forced into the ghetto where they were all eventually slaughtered. It starts, it starts out with prejudice against a people. Now, I looked myself to see exactly what happened in Venezuela, and it's happening in America. A very wealthy country not that many years ago, guns being confiscated, as in Germany now. I looked online to see if they confiscated guns before Hitler actually moved, and the, the answer is yes. They took their method of defending themselves. And I, this is what I believe strongly as a Christian. We have a right to defend ourselves. We have a right to bear arms. Don't give up your weapon, even if they say, we're just doing a voluntary, uh, you know, weapon removal. Baloney. It'd be better to fight. Do you agree? Until they come to your house. And you just surrender it, and they, baloney. 
The scripture says in Genesis 46, 31, then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, when Pharaoh calls you in and asks, what is your occupation? You should answer, your servants have tended livestock, livestock from their boyhood on, just as your fathers did. Then you'll be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, where all the shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. Now, God put that in there for a reason. He put it in there so you could see that when we become the detestable people, there's dark days ahead. Christianity is looked down on. Yes, it is. We become this multi-billion dollar industry now of music and, oh, everybody loves worship music. Let's see who's here to worship when they're standing outside our doors with machine guns saying, you go in there, you're dead. Because it's coming. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants all fluff. No, I just can't, I can't even deal with what I'm dealing with right now. How, how can I hear this? No, it's coming because they hate us as Christians. They hate what we stand for. Now is the time to stand. I say that prophetically. Stand now. Stand with people who stand. I was telling my wife today after I had my dinner the other night, the dinner I cooked um, at Christmas time, and when you have an opportunity to come have some good food. After I did the dinner, I just said, let's just do some real praise to God. Let's all pray, but you may not use the words thank you. Because thank you indicates that something was done for you and you're just giving thanks for it. It's really difficult to hallow the name of God. I want to prove to you something right now. When we lift up the name of God, because God, you are in here. You are in this space. The Holy Spirit is in this. You believe me? The Holy Spirit's been in here with us. He is moving in and out of people's lives. He's talking to people. He's weaving in and out of our rows and, and talking, actually talking. God is amazing. I hallow your name, God. I shouldn't even deserve to say it. I should be afraid to flippantly use your God because you are so holy, but you are so merciful that you let me do it. I praise him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to speak the name of Jesus because it's powerful. You need that. Say it. Okay, Satan, you can take a hike because Jesus is in the house. You following me? Jesus is in the house. He wants you. He wants to take care of you. So something happened. You know, they were enjoying such freedom in Egypt, and all of a sudden a new pharaoh comes because the old one passes off the scene. And new pharaoh meant, oh, oops, they won't remember what Joseph did. One of the biggest things that causes trouble for us is not remembering where we came from. Mm -hmm. Some of you were alcoholics. Some of you were drug addicts. Some of you were addicted to pornography and into garbage. Some of you slept in the gutter. Some of us, some of us, not just some of you, some of us have sinned and fallen so far short from the glory of God, and yet we're here today. By the grace of God, we are here and enjoying life because he's so merciful. Yeah, we were, we were there. We know what this is. And the danger comes in this, and I watch it all the time, and everybody thinks, it didn't happen. This happened a year ago, and nothing happened to them, so they're good. Oh, the last time you cheated and did this, that nothing happened to you, you're good, I'm good. And everybody thinks, I can control it, I can get by with one or two drinks. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. I, I'll argue with you till I'm blue in the face. You are headed down the wrong path. Yes, you are. You can lie. You can get angry. But the truth of the matter is, you will soon be in the gutter if you don't stop. Oh, I could get by with this. No, you can't. God knows everything, and he cares enough about you to get you out of that dirty, dirty place. But we forget what it was like there. No one remembered the famine. No one remembered the golden oceans of stored grain, the blessings. No one re re recollected how wise young Jewish prime minister had stepped out of obscurity to save the day and promotion. No one remembered where they had come from. 
and the protection of God. You've already forgotten. I'm talking to somebody in the room. This is only for you, that one person maybe. You have forgotten from whence you came. And you're on a path back there. Completely forgotten where God took you from. Now you're sassy to me too. I can do whatever I want to do. You're not going to tell me. I don't need to tell you. God will show you. You know, a lot of us have been there. A lot of us have been there. We know we can't go back. Can't. Everything changes when you go back. Your destiny is altered. Your children's lives change. Your grandchildren's lives will change. Everyone that's around you will change because they will pick up the demons. And th this is something that really drives me crazy. People leave here mad at me because I just speak the truth. And then they say, you just tried to preach me out. Every service, every Bible study, you came. You just tried to preach me out. No, I'm not. I'm trying to preach you back. You got it all messed up. You're on your way down, and I'm trying to bring you up. Are you following me? You're on your way out, and I'm trying to keep you in. Oh, I don't need to go to this church. No, you don't. But do I think you need to go to a church where they're going to tell you the truth? Yes, I do. The truth is that without God, we are hopeless. They thought that what they had back there was bad when they changed, but now they're inching closer and closer and closer to the same addictive behaviors, and much of it is anger. They're doing it to rebel. And they're convicted when they sit here, and they won't be around here very long because they're convicted that they're not obedient to anything or anyone except themselves. If you feel convicted about that, I would take a step back and say, you're right, Pastor. I'm going to get to the foot of the cross and get back where I should be. Someone paved the way for you to give you freedom today. 56 men signed the Declaration of Independence. 12 fought in battles as members of state militia. Five were captured and imprisoned during the Revolutionary War. 17 lost property as a result of British raids. Five lost their fortunes in helping fund the Continental Army and state militia battles against the Redcoats. Countless men have died in wars for what we enjoy today, freedom. And these liberals don't get it. Don't you see how the enemy is trying to feminize our world so that we have no one who is actually willing to carry a gun? Are you following me? Do you not see how they are trying to weaken the entire system? The enemy's against us. He's mad because Jesus is coming. You following me? Is he coming? The signs of the times are already out there. He's coming, and it's soon. I can feel you right now, Lord. I don't care if you think I'm a kook or not. I feel like God has made me a modern-day teller of the truth to warn the people that all that really matters, people, is bringing everyone with us we can, starting with our own families, with our own kids, with our own relatives. You actually should care. And the devil got you, so you're disinterested in spiritual things. And I'm here to say this today. You couldn't be any happier than when you have Jesus at the, at the helm of your ship. At the, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll stop those suicides when Jesus takes over and becomes the Lord of your life. Sin always makes you feel like you are in a dark, dirty place because you are. Matthew 2, uh, by the way, freedom is not free. Matthew 3, 7 says, but when, Jesus, when John saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his place of baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers who warned you, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones, God will raise up children for Abraham. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, he set my feet on a rock. 
pulled me out of the dirt, pulled me out of wanting to die, pulled me out of my suicidal thoughts, set my feet on the rot, saved me, put me as a pastor, which I don't deserve to be, but I am praising God every day that he's protected me from myself. Yes. Wow, God, you are amazing. We need an exodus in our lives. We need us an exodus from the negative bitterness that we have in our hearts about things. We need an exodus from certain people who are not building us up but are taking us out. Yes, some of our friends are taking us down instead of us bringing them up. We're afraid that they won't like us if we tell them the truth. And then the Jews are using that. Well, our father was Abraham, so we're all good. As for me and my house, we will serve. We live in the most lost culture you could ever imagine. I don't care if there's a gold plaque on your door that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a bunch of hog wash if you're not doing it, if you're not in love with Jesus. Do you actually find yourself singing sometimes? Like, you can't, oh, my gosh, you got to. Ooh, Jesus, I'm going to have some kind of revival here in my car. Got the music going. We're just singing like crazy. Yeah? Yes? You find yourself reading the word and you're getting so excited you can't even stand it. You say, huh, that's not me. Well, you need to get saved. I'm serious. How can you say believe in something when you get more? You can't believe what we saw at the game last night. Brian said, what in the heck was he talking about? Some guy's up screaming. It was a female ref. You know how that went over? Not very well. Not very well. I'm, I'm, I bet you had to have armed guards afterwards. This guy's just going crazy. They're like, whoa, I wonder if you'd ever do that about Jesus. You get that excited about Jesus? Anybody in here like that? Stand up and scream. Six people, okay. And that oh, pastor, pastor, really, <clears throat> excuse me. There are visitors here today. You know that when you act like this, they don't want to stay. No, I think you're wrong. I think they do want to stay. Because it's not just about when we're doing music up in front that we jump around. It's because we're in love with God every second of every day. Every second of every day, he's first and foremost in our thoughts. If you've strayed from that, you ought to get back to where you were. If you don't like it, that's too bad. That's the truth. You need to get back. Get back to Jesus. The Israelites pose a threat. Exodus says, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. Well, I hate to tell you this, but it happened. Let my people go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying this to the king of glory right now. Let my people go. Let, our, let these people go. Let's, let's be free. Let's get free of all that talk that says, oh, you don't want to be a religious fanatic. People will make fun of you. Go for it. Go for it. Speak up. Say something when people are bashing on Christians. Because if you don't now, we're going to, there's going to be genocide. We'll be the ones locked up. We'll be the ones thrown in prison. It won't be someone else. It will be us. I close with this. Yeah, Katie warned me. You say I close with this, and then you, 10 minutes later, I close with this. And then 10 minutes later, when they're really hungry and, and the snacks in their purse ran out, you say, I close with this. Bring more snacks. Gosh, they don't let you into those games without... We, Duffy's didn't know I was going to sit on one of those chairs you had. It was like luxury chairs. So we brought, we walked a mile. We brought those chairs for Zemba and me. We get up there and she goes, I'm sorry, but you can't take those in there. You're not allowed to bring stadium seats in. I'm like, I want to punch you. Walk a mile in these shoes. 
walk a mile in these shoes from where we parked. Lady, what are we supposed to do with them now? So we left them there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just said that for duffies. She said, you can buy a little cushion, a little pad in there. Yeah, for $22 probably. You know why we couldn't bring that in? Because they already have them built in that people pay for ahead of time. It's like the, the season ticket holders have those luxury seats. And we're all like, you should kill yourself. What? Well, I, I understand that, but a few Snickers wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yes, I understand that. There could be something in there. But I, I kept thinking, I'm getting kind of hungry, and a hot dog is like $80. I don't know. I could, man, I could handle those Snickers that we had to throw out. You know how, how it works with the enemy? He always has a plan. He always has a plan to destroy, always. But I want to close by saying this. But God has a plan of mercy and grace, always. God will not allow you to be tried or tempted above that which you are able, but will also, with that temptation, make a way of escape so you can bear it. Somebody needs to have an escape route today from something that you're having to bear. And guess what God was doing? God was preparing Moses putting that basket with him in it in the Nile River to set God's people free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb. Play, praise the Lamb because you know what? I want to tell you this. If you are going through something, there is always a ram in the thicket for you. There's always a ram in the thicket for your situation. About the time, I got chills saying that, about the time you're wondering, where is God? There is a ram in the thicket right there. Anybody agree with me? Amen. Yes, there's a ram in the thicket. You need it this morning. All right, I want to say this. We're going to do this with our eyes open. You, you really, you right now, in your world, in your life, you need a ram in the thicket to walk you through something, to be there for you. Stand up. You're not ashamed. You'll, you'll admit it. I need, I need a ram in the thicket about something. God, be the great provider. Provide a ram. God will make a way when there seems to be no way, won't he? God will make a way when there seems to be no, no, no way. He's the way maker. Did we not sing that? Yes, we did. God, I pray, Father, Father Almighty, the Almighty One, the Lord of creation, Come down right now for everyone in this room who needs a ram, who needs a Moses, who needs a covering, who needs a Nisi, a banner in front of them. Come down right now and set on these people's heads and bring deliverance into their life. Set these people free in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You can sit down, but don't open your eyes. Close your eyes a moment. I want to ask a question. Is there anyone in the room that says right now, this moment, if I died right now, I'm not even sure that I'd go to heaven. I would like to be sure, but I don't know. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone, raise your hand. Not absolutely positive, but I would like to know. Someone way in the back against the wall, a, lady, a female. Anyone else? She kept the door open for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? The door is open. I don't know for sure if I'd go to heaven if I died, but I want to know. I really want to know. I want to understand this, Pastor. Anybody else? 